Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who's got a massive brain. Mike Florio. He used to be a lawyer, then he decided to take his talents to the internet. NBC Sports. I'm sorry I'm late. I was talking to Robert Kraft. Pro Football Talk. I wouldn't listen to some of those people out there, especially guys like Mike Florio. Mike Florio with Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. On a day the Bears are being the Bears the same as it ever was, we'll get the thoughts of Mike Florio. Pro Football Talk, who joins us now on the Circus Sports Illinois Score Hotline and twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score. Well, we finally got some news, Mike, and it was a little bit of, of news, I guess, that the Bears are saying it's everything's mostly fine. Isn't that how it went, though, same as it ever was? David Byrne down the arm, mm-hmm. chop, 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 yep. letting the days go by. Uh, yeah, hey, Getting rid of the offensive coordinator is a big deal because now you got a coach who's going to be regarded as being on the hot seat. You got to find an offensive coordinator who's happy to be the offensive coordinator on whose shoulders everyone's employment is going to rest in 2024, just like Mike Martz in the final year of Lovey Smith. It's not an attractive job to do it that way. I'm not a big fan of half measures. Keep everybody or get rid of everybody. I think we just lost Mike. Wow. Kevin Warren was like, hey. You think so? Let's shut that down right now. That's what happened. That it is in his office there. That, that, he has uh, the button. Kevin Phillips decided that he was going to. Why you got to do that to that man? That is not necessary. Why you got to do that to that man? Well, what that? happened to that boy? You don't know nothing about that, Sage. One of the job requirements should be that you know something about that. I think that's very important. I'm I'm not trying to be irrational here, but all right, we got we have Mike back, and Mike, you were just saying that uh, it's better to do it full bore, all or nothing, than do it in half measures. Yeah, that's right. I mean, because as you might have heard, remember this happened with Lovey Smith and Mike Martz, and Mike Martz was a guy that I think was not the first or second, third, fourth, or even fifth choice. It just becomes harder when so much pressure is placed on that new offensive coordinator to come in and figure everything out. So I I like the idea of giving Justin Fields another opportunity. I don't like the extra pressure that would be put on a Caleb Williams or a Drake May if Justin Fields is thrown overboard and goes elsewhere and does well. You get apples-to-apples comparisons. It's just too much to expect a young kid carry around. But, you know, I I'm somewhat encouraged and somewhat discouraged and I'm not yet ready to assume that everything's over just because I just have a, I don't know. I don't have anything to base this on. I'm just not ready to assume everything's over and I'm going to be interested to see what happens next. Mike, what have people told you or, or what have you inferred about why the bears kept Matt Eberflus or are reportedly keeping Matt Eberflus? 
Well, you know, you better be damn sure you're going to get somebody better than who you have. And there's always a chance you're going to get somebody worse. And you don't know who's out there and how much is it going to cost. And are we sure we can get the guy we really want? You know, I made this point earlier in the week. Jim Harbaugh's in play. And that's somebody that maybe the Bears would think about. I don't know how he gets along with Kevin Warren, dating back to their mutual time in the Big Ten. But you better be sure if you're going to make that move that you're going to get somebody who is going to come in and be as good or better than the coach you have. And it's not as if Matt Eberflus is, you know, taking the team by storm, but there's a lot of factors that go into it. And I think teams aspire to have continuity and stability. Sometimes you got to weather a short-term hiccup or, or doubt and just see where this is going. Because the reality is down the stretch, the bears were one of the best teams in the NFL. And at some point you got to believe what you see and you got to hope that maybe, even though they didn't close the deal by knocking out the Packers week 18 like the Lions did a year ago, you got to hope that maybe it carries over into next year. Mike, I think one of the questions, though, I have about this is the same one you have. Immediately, I'm asking what it means for Justin Fields. And at the end of the day, he's going to get a new coordinator regardless. If he's here, well, he gets right. one. If he goes somewhere else, he gets one. And I'm with you. I think and, he succeeds in another system. Well, and here's the reality. If the new coordinator does a great job, that new coordinator is going to be a head coach. And then you got to find another coordinator. That's why I'm a, a big fan in the modern NFL of hiring your offensive coach to be your head coach and tying him to the hip of your quarterback. So if things do go well, you don't have to worry about your coach leaving. So that, that's, that's a bridge they crossed when they hired Matt Eberflus. And other teams may do that this year, too. I just think that to the extent that that coach-quarterback relationship is critical to the team's success, I want to know that the guy who's running my offense isn't going anywhere if things go well. So if, if it works, that's what you got to worry about. If it doesn't work, then it's a hard reset. There's another possibility, too, that if that guy is really good at his job, depending on the kind of personality type and how much of a backroom politician that person is, that person could take your job after you hire him. And I, I don't know that Eberflus is insecure in that way to sort of say, hey, wait a second here. I'm not going to hire somebody who might outshine me. There's still a belief, what's it been, seven, eight years ago, that that happened in Tampa Bay when yep. Lovey Smith got fired there and they hired Dirk Cutter, who had been the offensive coordinator and had worked well with Jameis Winston in Winston's first year on the job. And there was concern Cutter was going to end up being a coach somewhere else. So let's just make him the coach here. And, of course, Cutter gets very upset if you raise that possibility around him, as I've learned. But that, that, that is not a foreign dynamic. And, yeah. Now, the problem is if the offense does well enough that, you would want the offensive coordinator to be the coach, the team's going to be doing well enough. So, mm -hmm. look, I, there is something to be said for stability and continuity, and they have shown something, and let's just see what happens. But, but I am a firm believer in full measures, and I would have been more comfortable with the idea of let's keep building this thing forward with Luke Getze there as the offensive coordinator instead of trying to go out and hire somebody else. Unless they're damn sure they know who they want and they know they can get him, I'd, I'd have been more comfortable just staying the course with every, everyone back 
and let's see what we can do next year. Well, let me ask another question then. Whenever the press conference is, whether it's this afternoon or tomorrow, whatever that, that gets announced, I would hope it's this afternoon, but I don't know, that what if, as a, as a full measure, and it would be something that I would disagree with, but it would be a full measure, if Ryan Poles says today, not only are we keeping Matt Eberflus, we are giving him a contract extension. That, that, that that's the move where they say we are so sure that he's the right guy that we are going to tell the NFL world and tell any of these prospective offensive coordinators and, and whoever our quarterback is going to be, this guy's not going anywhere. I'm not saying I'd agree with it. I'm saying I might throw up. But I could see if, you're, if you really do believe it, if you really are committed to him to doing something like that makes it easier to get an offensive coordinator who has options because even though you come in with a three-year or a four-year contract and it's guaranteed if you leave you really don't want everyone's hopes riding upon your performance that's a little extra pressure that you'd rather not have give me a couple of years to get my system in place and yeah if Matt Eberflus has an extension that does make it easier I think to get whoever their first choice would be at coordinator call from mom answer it Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mike, what do you think the market is for Justin Fields? Depends on what happens with some of these other guys like Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson. Now, I fully expect the Broncos to cut Russell Wilson. The question becomes, what's it take to get him? There was a a thought early on after things went haywire a couple of weeks ago that he would just take the league minimum for his experience level of $1.2 million and stick the Broncos with the balance of the $39 million he's due to make next year, which makes him dollar for dollar a very viable and attractive option. But Cousins is going to be out there. You know, with Fields, the reality is you have to give the Bears something to get him, and you better be ready to pay him because he's entering the last year of his contract. The fifth-year option decision is looming. you got to crunch those numbers and you got to ask yourself, how much do we want to pay this guy if we don't even have a chance to put him on the field and see what he can do? So it, it just depends on a bunch of factors. Who's looking for a quarterback? How desperate is a team that enters the draft looking for a quarterback in round one, doesn't get the guy they want, and then – between the end of round one and the start of round two, there's like an 18-hour gap. Does somebody come forward with a deal then because they didn't get the guy they wanted? So it's a very living, breathing, organic reality that's based on how many teams are looking for quarterbacks, what the evaluators out there thought of Justin Fields coming out of the draft, what they think of him now, what their other options are, whether they think they can get this guy, whether they get that guy. So I don't think there's a a set price you can put on it. It's going to be driven by, at the end of the day, how many teams out there – are actively pursuing Justin Fields, how many want him, and whether or not the Bears can can create a little bit of an idea that, you know, they're thinking about keeping him too. If it looks like you're going to get rid of him, it, it makes it harder to get a, a big premium in exchange for his contract. I also want to ask you this, Mike. When you heard the news about Luke Getze being fired, did you have a name that popped into your mind as to who would be a decent offensive coach candidate? Or offensive coordinator. No, I didn't. Candidate. I, I really, is it somebody who's like a head coach you think is always the best? I, that's what I always go to is like a head coach possibility. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, there's no one who came to mind by way of a coordinator that you would bring in. You know, we know the usual suspects. The names are out there. Guys who are available often are available for a reason. You know, is that something Josh McDaniels would want to do? He's out there. And there's been some chatter about him lining up assistance for an offensive staff. Not that he's going to be a head coach, but to the extent that an opportunity arises to be an offensive coordinator, he'll have his ducks in a row and he can swoop in. I'm not saying he's the guy, but that's one of the names out there. There are going to be names out there. The question is, is there somebody out there that has worked with a quarterback like Justin Fields who can get the most out of a guy like Justin Fields, who has a good plan for getting the most out of Justin Fields? And it's funny, I've talked to Tony Dungy about this. When he was interviewing offensive coordinators at one point, and he had work done in Mike Allstott, and, you know, a coordinator candidate says, well, I'm just running my system. You know, what are you going to do on offense? I'm going to run my system. Well, what about work done in Mike Allstott? Well, they'll either fit the system or they won't. I mean, the better way is to come in with a plan. Here's how we get the most out of this talent that you have at quarterback. We're not going to fit a square peg into a round hole and make him fit my system. I'm going to design a system for him, and I think that's the best guy, whatever the name. The best guy is somebody who has a plan for a system that gets the most out of Justin Fields. Mike, I have to do this even though it makes me feel a little gross, and that is talk about what was coming out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth yesterday when we were waiting to hear the next chapter of whatever this this whole thing is over at that company. It's it, it's not funny anymore. It's not really entertaining, and I don't know if it ever was funny. It's bizarre. It's discomforting, and it's unfortunate that I don't know if he believes what he's saying, but this sort of garden variety, warped QAnon Newsmax stuff coming out of him. It's like he's just repeating talking points from the fringes. And because he's Aaron Rodgers, it's platformed in a way that it wouldn't otherwise be. And it's it's really kind of nasty. By the way, McAfee said this morning that Aaron Rodgers would not be back for the rest of the football season. Well, I think yesterday was his last one anyway. It was his last one anyway. It's the end of the football season. The arrangement's over. So that's not really punitive. He's just not going to be back. And I think that McAfee studying his body language, listening to his questions, you know, I think he's starting to realize that maybe this thing is going beyond where it needs to go, dredging up all the COVID stuff. Nobody wants to talk about that anymore. Wherever you were on it, vaccine, no vaccine, mask, no mask. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to think about it. Yes, it's still out there, but we've kind of accepted it, and life is easier if we're not dragged down by discussion and debate about it. We've got enough crap to worry about right now than what happened four years ago with COVID. But that's right where Rogers went yesterday. When he got back into a corner by Jimmy Kimmel, let's relitigate COVID for 10 minutes, and then let's get into it again when McAfee makes a joke about Rogers saying, He was immunized when he was trying to mislead reporters who asked him point blank, are you vaccinated? He's back at that all over again. And, you know, the thing with Kimmel and Rogers is just smart enough to think he's smarter than he is, if that makes any sense. He tried to reframe his beef with Kimmel in a very deft way that a lot of people might not catch because you really have to think about what he's saying. But. He justified what he said last week when he made the comment that there's a lot of people who are concerned about that list, including Jimmy Kimmel. He went back and reframed why Jimmy Kimmel made fun of him in February of 2023. And Rogers comes at it now from the perspective of Kimmel thought I was crazy to say there's a Jeffrey Epstein list. 
which isn't what Kimmel said. Kimmel thought Rogers was crazy to suggest that UFO sightings were being publicized as a distraction from the Jeffrey Epstein list. That's why Kimmel thought he was a wacko. And Rogers views it as a win that there is a list. And that's why Jimmy Kimmel was going to be upset, not because he's on it, but because it even exists. That's his way of trying to get out of this minefield that he dropped himself into last week. And it would have been easier to just say, I'm sorry. I was trying to be funny. I said something I shouldn't have said, and I'm sorry. That would have made his segment about things a lot more interesting than 20 minutes of COVID talk. Yeah, I, I unfortunately feel like that's a playbook that is uh, established and used by others frequently. I do want to get to a wild card question. What's the DEFCON level in Philly? Because they're acting like they've already been eliminated from the playoffs. Well, I can't remember a team limping more desperately into the postseason than the Eagles to go from 10-1 and one to 1-5. One and five. And there's just bad vibes, bad body language. Nick Sirianni seems to be like he did a press conference last week video, and it was like a hostage tape. I, I, you don't sense confidence. When, when there was a report over the weekend from Jay Glazer that A.J. Brown had a team meeting and said, we have to believe in our coaches, that implies they aren't believing in their coaches, which is a separate problem. I, I don't think Sirianni's on the hot seat. But if they lose in ugly fashion on Monday night to the Buccaneers, a team that is not regarded as a powerhouse in the NFC, and you got guys like Mike Vrabel out there, not that Vrabel would go to the Eagles, but we all assume Vrabel's just going to end up with New England. Sims and I were talking about this today, and we started identifying some other potential destinations, like the Steelers, if Mike Tomlin would decide he's had enough, like the Chiefs, if Andy Reid retires after this season, which is a not 0% possibility. Like the Eagles, if they would say, hey, you know, this guy can, he took 91 different players, 91 different players on his roster in 2021, and he was the one seed in the AFC. So I, I, I think that if it goes badly on Monday night, who knows what happens with the Eagles. But, you know, at a minimum, if they lose on Monday night, Nick Sirianni's on one of the hottest seats entering 2024, even though he's less than two years removed from a Super Bowl appearance. Mike, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. All right. Have a great day.